Welcome back to the Sports Medicine Orthopod. Anthony Yu recorded from the home studio, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Oakland native, Cal alum, nine-year NFL veteran, spending time with both the Oakland Raiders and the Buffalo Bills, Langston Walker. Langston, welcome to the Sports Medicine Orthopod. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excellent. Oh, I'm thrilled. It's been a long time. Langston and I went to high school together at Bishop O'Dowd. Um, and like I said, very successful NFL career. We're, we're thrilled to have you. Appreciate it. So Langston, like I said, we're both from Oakland. We're both children of the mid eighties and nineties growing up. Were you a big Bay area sports fan? Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, A's giants. I think, you know, at that time, you and I both talked about this, um, you know, all the, 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 um, Bay area sports teams were, were pretty successful. So, um, you know, it was hard not to be a Bay Area sports fan. And uh, even though uh, the Oakland Raiders weren't weren't here uh, at the time, they didn't, uh, they were still in LA. Um, you know, it was hard not to be a fan of them just because they had been in Oakland for so long. And, and you know, sports, not only being a fan, but for me playing sports, uh, there's always something going on. It seemed it was like soccer in the fall, uh, basketball, baseball. I played North Oakland Little League. Uh, what was your experience like growing up? Did you play a lot of sports or did you just kind of focus in on um, uh, football eventually? Um, you know, so I, I started off um, as a, you know, sort of a, a little kid um, playing mostly baseball and played baseball. Uh, really, that that was really it um, up until. So I played, you know, Babe Ruth um, all the way up until, uh, let's see, my sophomore year in high school. And um mm. And then uh, sort of got into football, uh, you know, my sophomore year um, and decided to, um, you know, as, as I was growing through high school um, and getting better at football, decided to focus uh, mostly on football and, and then track, uh, you know, just sort of keep up, um, you know, keep working out throughout the offseason. So, um, you know, once once it was my junior, sure. junior, junior year was was strictly um, strictly track in football. Obviously, you were an outstanding high school football player and earned a scholarship to Cal. You're no stranger to sports medicine, and this is the sports medicine orthopod. We've spoken offline about the various injuries you've had, and I think most people understand that a professional athlete, especially a football player, is going to deal with a lot of injuries, minor, some major, nagging injuries. But you had more than just like a sore ankle that kind of nagged at you for a season. You you actually had some injuries that required surgery, and so I kind of wanted to get into that to start with. The first one was the one you were telling me about uh, that your ankle when I believe you were a junior at Cal. Uh, that that was an injury that actually required surgery. T- tell us about that. Um, so uh, you know, in a game playing, I believe uh, Washington State at home, um, a uh, I think the running back actually got uh, tackled into my lower leg and uh, broke my ankle. Um, Let's see. I, I forget the technical term that you were talking about. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay it on you in a bit so I can sound smart. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, so I uh, split my tibula and fibula, um, high, uh, high fracture in the uh, tibula and required uh, two pins um, as well as a plate uh, to, to cover the fracture. And the, the, uh, they put the two pins in, but uh, eventually took them out. Uh, actually, have them uh, upstairs in my my uh, sort of junk drawer, um, and uh, and um, but the plate is still in my leg. So um, 
so yeah, that was my that was my first major uh, major sports injury, I would say. Yeah. So for the audience, what Langs is talking about is the Mason New fracture, and that is the same injury that Marquise Chris sustained earlier this NBA season. So we've talked about the tibia and how it fits in with the fibula, the the bones of the leg. It's kind of like a tree with a stake next to it, and those two structures are connected uh, by this membrane we call the syndesmosis. The analogy would be kind of the ties that bind that tree to the stake. And so you can have these very bad ankle fractures that are basically like high ankle sprains, but so severe, in fact, that the entire syndesmosis is disrupted. And then you end up with this high fibula fracture um, as a result of that. And that is something that necessitates surgery uh, as you had Langs and as Marquise Chris had. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're a junior at that point. And prior to that injury, I'm sure you have NFL aspirations. You're thinking about that next level. This happens. What are you thinking about at that point? You're, you're not only, you know, the athlete, but also a patient. What's going through your mind when you're dealing with this injury and then subsequent surgery and then looking at rehab? Um, you know, your, your first thought is just, you know, <laughs> uh, am I going to be okay? Uh, you know, will I be able to walk, especially, you know, with, um, you know, as bad as my ankle looked as I, you know, sort of laid on the ground and, and my, uh, my foot was actually sideways. Um, that was one of the first, first thoughts in my mind. Um, definitely that, that, you know, the second part that the thinking about how does this affect my, my NFL prospects? Um, that is, that is definitely something that, that starts to, uh, you know, enter in your mind, especially, you know, once sort of the, the first shock of that injury wears off, um, you know, then it becomes, you know, uh, will I ever play again? And how does this, uh, how does this impact my, my, um, you know, my, my NFL uh, stock? Um, and just like you said, it was, it was my junior year. And so I was, uh, you know, starting to get, um, you know, some, some pub and, and uh, you know, looks from NFL scouts. So it was, it was definitely something that was uh, worrisome, um, but uh, luckily I had a really good doctor uh, who, um, you know, did the surgery, did both surgeries actually, and uh, you know, really reassured me that um, that I would I would be fine, I would be okay, which uh, which turned out to be true. Uh, you know, once once I, I rehabbed, uh, you know, really hard, um, the rest of that uh, off season, once I you know had the pins taken out, um, I was just fine and ready to go for my senior year. <clears throat> yeah, you had a fantastic senior year, and this you know this ha- this story has a happy ending. When, when you got back on the field, was there any trepidation? Did you have fear at all about being re-injured? Sure. Um, I mean, being, you know, the injury happened sort of beginning of the season. So, you know, you go through the whole season and then, um, you know, right up until I I think I had the pins removed, uh, I would say February or March of uh, that next year. And so, you know, really, you're just spending that entire time uh, rehabbing, you know, you're not even, uh, you know, you're not even really working out for, for, um, you know, spring football. Um, so really my first uh, opportunity to actually practice, you know, real live drills didn't come until, uh, you know, summer camp. And, um, you know, that's that's basically only a few weeks away from uh, from the season starting. So, uh, you know, I, I will admit I was a little, uh, you know, timid and a little worried and uh, I'd probably uh, get what my coach would call a little hot feet um, just because. <laughs> you know, any, anyone around my feet, um, you know, but you can't, um, you, you can't play like that, you know, at a high level, you can't play sort of, as they call it, playing scared, 
you know, you just sort of have to to go and do it. And, uh, you know, once once you get over that and once I got over that, I was just fine. Yeah, we hear that a lot, particularly in the, the folks who have ACL injuries and, and then the return to play. That fear is a big factor in the mm-hmm. athlete's psyche. It's something that, you know, we can fix the ACL, we can fix the ankle, but we can't necessarily fix that, that psychological damage. And so uh, I'm sure for, for as many successful athletes as you who are able to come back and, and get ready uh, again to overcome those fears, there are some that unfortunately fall by the wayside because they just can't overcome that fear that something like this is going to happen again. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely understand that, you know, that fear. And I, I understand why, uh, you know, any athlete having a major injury like that, um, you know, would sort of be, would sort of have that, that mental block, um, you know, because it's, you, you never go into it saying, Hey, I'm going to get hurt this play. Um, it, you know, it just sort of happens, you know, just like that, you know, snap of a finger. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, playing offensive line at a high level, like you did, there really probably is no room for fear. No. Yeah. It, you know, like I said, you know, guys are constantly, you know, falling around your feet. People are falling on you. Um, that's just sort of the nature of the game. Um, so, you know, sure. you, you just, you just can't think about it. You know, you really have to think about, um, you know, the, the play and, and the blocking scheme and, and the man across from you, uh, you know, you just sort of have to, you know, hit it real hard. Well, like I said, story has a happy ending, outstanding senior season at Cal. You're drafted second round, 53rd overall by the Raiders in 2002. Uh, you played five seasons in Oakland. What, what was it like playing in your hometown? Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was different. Um, I, I only know of maybe two or other two, two or three other uh, NFL players who actually grew up uh, in, you know, in an area, went to the local college and then got drafted by the local team. Um, so it doesn't happen very often. It, it was super convenient because, um, you know, I didn't have to learn a new, uh, you know, city or area. Uh, in fact, my um, first <laughs> camp with, with the Raiders, I was still in my college, uh, college apartment. Um, so, you know, that, that made it yeah. <laughs> really convenient, um, you know, and, and it was great because my, my family got to see me play every game without really having to travel. Um, you know, so that was, you know, that was, that was, that was a great opportunity. And, um, you know, it, it I, I, I'll, I'll say it, it, uh, when it came to, you know, buying tickets every week, uh, it, it was tough. Uh, you know, because, you know, like I said, my, most yeah. of my family, here and they, uh, <laughs> and play. Um, you know, but at the same time, I, I had, uh, I had some cousins and an uncle who were season ticket holders. And so, you know, they were, they were like, mm, I'm just not going to give up my tickets, you know? So, um, yeah. you know, it was, it was good for them, but, um, I, overall it was, it was just a great experience. I'll just, I'll just say that it was a great experience. Did you have like distant relatives coming out of the woodwork? Like, Hey, Langston, we're third not, cousins on your mother's side. <laughs> not really. Uh, not really. The only, the only time, you know, the, the good thing was, um, you know, the cities we played in, I would have family like, uh, you know, we had family in, in New Orleans. So every time, you know, went to, you know, play the saints, um, you know, my family from there, uh, you know, came out and, and that was good. It was good seeing them because you don't see them very often. Um, had uh, family in St. Louis, 
same thing, got to see them uh, and then um, family in uh, Virginia, in uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia. And so they drove up to, um, you know, they, dro they drove up to Washington when we would play the, uh, the um, well, I guess the Washington football team. Um, so it, it was, yes. it, was <laughs> yeah, it was fun seeing, it was just good being able to see, you know, your family and, and knowing that, uh, you know, you bring in, you know, join us excitement to them. And, and um, you know, so it was, like I said, it was just a great experience and great opportunity. So those years with Oakland, you, you sustained your second, we'll say, you know, somewhat serious injury that necessitated a surgery, but, but this wasn't, you know, an ankle or a knee, it was actually an, an abdominal injury. What, what yeah. happened there? Um, again, playing football, uh, as, yeah. as <laughs> every story that you and I are going to talk about, uh, you know, sort of begins. That's right. Um, you know, I uh, got hit at one point, uh, in the game, uh, in the side and, um, you know, just sort of shrugged it off, uh, you know, played the rest of the game. Uh, it, it was, my side was a little sore, um, you know, but, you know, didn't, didn't pay any mind to it. Uh, went home, uh, got progressively worse, uh, came back in the next day and was talking to our athletic trainers about it. And so they, um, they decided they, you know, didn't know what it was, couldn't really, you know, couldn't really tell if it was, uh, you know, sort of a, a muscular injury or a bone injury. Um, you know, so they sent me to get some tests that were, uh, inconclusive, um, and, you know, really just sent me home with, uh, with pain medication said, Hey, you know, let's, let's check on this tomorrow, uh, which would have been Tuesday, uh, went home that Monday night and it, you know, just things just got worse. I couldn't sleep, um, you know, just a, a ton of pain and, uh, eventually probably about three or four in the morning had to call, uh, the, uh, athletic trainer at home. And I said, look, you need to take me to uh, to the hospital. And so uh, that's what they did. Um, got to the emergency room and actually passed out in the emergency room. Next thing I'm waking up, um, I'm on a, you know, sort of gurney prep table uh, going in for surgery. And um, they, I, I think at the time they thought it was my appendix uh, that had burst. And so they, they go in to do the surgery for my appendix and come to find out it's just fine, but they see a mass of blood uh that's um sort of collecting in my my uh you know stomach area so uh i i got a cool scar out of it but a, yeah. um, i would say like a six inch scar you know right up uh you know center 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 of my my stomach and uh come to find out i had a burst blood vessel and i was actually bleeding internally for two days uh you know and so that was that was a pretty scary thing because you know you come out of surgery and you think okay my appendix and here they, you know, here they're saying, hey, we had to have, uh, you know, emergency surgery, a pretty major surgery at that on you. And so that's that's a that's a scary thing. Uh, you know, I know it was scary for my my parents and, uh, you know, obviously me, because, you know, like I said, I, I thought it was um, thought it was something, you know, very minor, very straightforward. And uh, you know, come to find out it's it's something major. So. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's the realm of the general surgeon, uh, abdominal surgery. And. The difference between that and what I do is, you know, this ankle stuff, it may threaten your career or your season, but, but that actually threatens your life. So, um, you know, we're, we're glad you're still with us and glad that, that <laughs> so they caught I. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cer certainly scary. So, um, w when was that? So that was during the season. Um, right. did, 
did you did you miss a lot of time after that just recovering uh, so, so the team ended up putting me on on ir um uh-huh. and so that that was the end of my season i think that was uh 2004 uh, okay so that was that was the end of my season there um first time i sort of ever sustained uh, sustained a uh, major injury at least in the uh you know the pros i'd maybe miss uh you know a game or two or you know play or two uh you know before that but but nothing sure. uh, nothing that major. So, um, you know, so I, I guess I, I prided myself on, on being, uh, you know, durable, uh, but uh, you know, there, there's no way that I was going to come back, uh, during the season after having, you know, major surgery like that. Right. You made a full recovery that next year. Uh, and then in a couple of years go by, it's 2007, you end up signing a big contract with Buffalo. Uh, and I just, you know, I'm going to pat you on the back here a little bit. So that I did, did a little research uh, okay. prior season before you got to Buffalo and, and they revamped the offensive line. You were one of the key pieces of that. But the prior season before you got there, the Bills ranked 27th in total rushing yards. Uh, your first year with the Bills, you started all 16 games at right tackle and the Bills jumped up to 15th in the NFL in rushing yards. And the offensive line only gave up 26 sacks compared to 47 the year prior. So you guys obviously built a solid unit and that uh, I, I read some article that was like, uh, Bill's management has invested a ton of money into the offensive line in, in, in 2007 and it definitely paid dividends. What, what was your time like in Buffalo? Um, you know, a great experience, uh, you know, great team, uh, just, so, uh, just like, uh, just like Oakland, um, you know, Buffalo and Oakland are sort of very similar in terms of uh, teams as well as cities. Um, you know, they're, they're the original AFL teams, uh, you know, sort of, you know, they have that um, small city feel. They, you know, they're sort of overshadowed by, you know, the big city cousins. So, you know, um, you know, obviously Oakland and, you know, San Francisco and then, you know, Buffalo and I would say both New York teams, um, sure. you know, were just sort of, you know, the, the smaller, uh, the smaller little cousin. Um, but uh, again, both both cities love their teams. Um, I, I think my first year, I, I rarely paid for a meal when I went out. Oh yeah. <laughs> picking up a meal or, you know, the manager would come out and say, Hey, you know, really appreciate what you're doing. And it's not something I was expecting or looking for. Yeah. Um, but you know, I really appreciate my time, uh, you know, out there and it was, you know, it, it was, it was good to, um, you know, see something new, uh, you know, go to the other side of the country and, um, you know, experience something different. Um, the wings are great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is a part of civic pride. Yes. Uh, I think actually on my, um, you know, sort of when I first flew out there, uh, you know, you usually do, you know, these steak dinners, nice, you know, uh, steakhouse. Uh, we did that but the second day, you know, they took us to, um, you know, the, the, the original uh, wing place in. Oh, is that right? In, uh, in Buffalo where the original, uh, you know, wings were created. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was great because it it looks like some homely little bar, but, um, you know, literally, I mean, people there from, uh, you know, from, from Europe and Japan and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's on the, it's on the map. And I made the, uh, I made the mistake of ordering my wings with, with ranch, typical California kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was quickly blue cheese, man. Blue cheese. Yeah, you have to do it with blue cheese. So from then on, I was, I was blue cheese on my wings. That's right. Uh, how'd you like that winter? 
it, it took some getting used to. <laughs> um, funny, funny story. They actually, um, they, they put on a winter driving course for all the, um, the recruits or, or uh, you know, rookies, as well as, um, you know, sort of uh, free agents that come in. And uh, I, I did, I did okay in the, the winter driving course. Um, <laughs> I won't say I, I didn't spin out, but uh, I learned a lot. Uh, um, I learned how to, to shovel off my driveway. I learned the yeah. do's and don'ts. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, you know, it was fun. You know, you're you're here in California. You know, you have to drive to snow. Um, you know, in Buffalo, the snow came to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did my medical training in Philly and then mm. my orthopedic residency in Chicago. So I, I know exactly what you mean. That, that's a that's a phrase I would tell my friends who are from the Midwest or East Coast that, yeah, you know, in California, we elect to go to yes. the snow. Let's go up to the snow this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Chicago, like half the year is winter. It was, it was like uh it, it was like the end of Game of Thrones. Like they kept saying winter is coming, like winter Chicago, coming. winter is here. Winter is yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was a big um, deal. The the first snow of the season, you know, sort of like a, you know, it was a huge deal. Uh, I was I, by that time, I was like, you know, yeah. I was over it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so you had a you had an injury during the off season, I think, in Buffalo when you were lifting weights. You, you herniated mm-hmm. a disc in your back, right? What, yes. what what was that like? Like you, just, you were doing squats, uh, and all of a sudden, you just felt something. Yeah, I was I was lifting for football, and yeah. <laughs> um, and I I thought that I you know I thought there was an assassin's bullet that I just took. Oh yeah, uh, you know I just you know uh, you know just sprawled out, it, um, you know just pain radiating down my legs, and uh, you know couldn't. It was it was very hard to stand. It was very hard to stand up straight. I would say that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was the shock of it, but, you know, it sort of felt hard to breathe uh, at the same time, uh, even though it was in my lower back. Um, but, uh, you know, basically had to crawl into the uh, medical room um, and, you know, it was pretty tough, you know, trying to get up on one of the uh, examination tables. Uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a lot of pain. <laughs> it was a yeah. lot of pain, more than... Uh, it, it was it was close to you know my breaking my ankle, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, a different sort of pain. Sure. Yeah, you end up getting a shot in your back, um, right, an epidural to, epidural to calm down that calm down that inflammation, and and that worked pretty well, right? It did. Um, had to had to probably probably by the end of that week, uh, had to go in for for epidural, um, and uh, that that helped, uh, but still you know, sort of had, uh, you know, had the pain and, you know, had the difficult difficulty, you know, standing, um, you know, but the, the epidural really helped. Um, yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't really have any issues after that. Yeah. That, that's great. Cause yeah, unfortunately sometimes those things can recur and yeah. um, in, in some cases will necessitate surgery if, if the symptoms can't be controlled with things like medications or, or an injection. Mm-hmm. Um, so after two seasons of Buffalo, you actually came back to the Raiders uh, to finish your career. And that was your last uh, sort of football related surgery you had uh, during your playing career. And that, w- that was an elbow arthroscopy on your dominant arm, your right elbow, if, I, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, 
you were having some loose bodies, I think, or something like that in your elbow. What, what was that like? You felt crunching or catching with motion? Crunching, catching with motion. Um, you know, you could just, you know, after games, you could just sort of feel, um, you know, that grinding. It just felt like there was sand, you know, in the joint. Uh, was, you know, I had to play pretty much the whole season, uh, you know, with it. Uh, I had to get, you know, taped up before every game. Um, Ended up, uh, I actually couldn't, got to a point where I couldn't actually extend my arm fully. Mm. Um, and then also when I brought my arm up, um, I couldn't actually touch my chest. Uh, so it was, it was a lot going on in there. Um, but um, had the uh, clean out uh, of that elbow and uh, felt a ton better uh, afterwards. Cool. And uh, still gives me trouble, um, you know, to this day. Uh, but I... I'm, I'm much, much better off than I was uh, before that surgery. Yeah. So for the audience, what Langston's describing is basically the progression of arthritis that developed in his elbow that resulted in these loose bits of bone or cartilage that are floating around causing blocks of his motion. And to give you an idea, the elbow is not a joint that readily develops arthritis. We don't bear a lot of weight through it. Uh, it's a pretty well-preserved joint, unlike say the hip or the knee, where just with time and age and wear and tear will commonly develop arthritis just through natural life. So it just speaks to, you know, the wear and tear you put on your body, particularly as a lineman, that repetitive stress with a lot of force over and over again, it, it can result in causing a joint that doesn't readily get arthritis to become arthritic. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking earlier, Langston, about, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties and you know, I was cleaning out the garage the other day and came across a box of old videotapes of my childhood endeavors, you know, baseball games, basketball games. And I can't believe I'm, I'm going to admit this on the air, but, but band concert. Yes. I said it, band concerts. Oh boy. And uh, yeah, yeah. You remember these times, you know, like the stands were filled with parents with video cameras. Uh, they were like, you know, the newer sleeker compact camcorders. And then some mm -hmm. people had those old school cameras. The, the ones. Exactly. The yeah. Ones it looked like a boom box. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah. It was like something like uh, do the right thing. Right. And yep. uh, those, those went straight to VHS. Um, and you would think like, if I held this thing for two hours straight, I would definitely develop like chronic back pain. Right. Um, and, and, you know, like all these videos didn't have the quality. They, they all look the same, like compared to what we have now, it's like comical, right? They're like grainy. Yeah. The shaky camera inevitably someone like drops the camera and then you're like looking at the lawn sideways for like three three minutes or so until somebody can figure out the cameras on the ground right. um and uh you know they're kind of funny but but these videos they they really capture really priceless memories and you know like what, what do we do with that now uh, who even has a vhs player anymore and same goes for like old-fashioned photos right like i have all these hard copy photo albums i, I haven't looked at them in a decade and it's a shame, right? Because these videos and photos, they, they tell a story of like our childhoods, they tell a story of your life. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's something you can do about it. So our friends at Digital Roots Studio in Oakland, they're here to help. They specialize in audio, video, film transfer into modern digital formats. So in other words, they can convert your old videos and photos into a way that's easily accessible by today's standards. And they're a lot safer, you know, when you put your memories onto a disc or a computer or a cloud that just like collecting dust in, in a garage. Uh, Digital Roots also does photo and old school 35 millimeter slide scanning, photo restoration, video and audio editing, and more. Check them out at www.digitalrootsstudio.com. Mention the Sports Medicine Orthopod to get 10% off.
Uh, getting back to what we were talking about before, you know, we had as a previous guest, Jim Merlo. Now he played linebacker for the Saints in the 70s. Uh, his claim to fame is actually he was lined up man to man with Walter Payton uh, and uh, picked off a pass at about his 40, ran it back for pick six. And Walter Payton chases him down from like the 30. And you can just see him closing in on him like a like a rocket, but but uh-huh. he's able to. Walter jumps on his back and he's able to carry him into the end zone. So it's it's a great highlight. Um, and we were talking to him about sort of the athlete's mentality not to report an injury. You know, the thought process is that you want to play, you love to play. If you report an injury, then someone else might take your spot. And today we're much more sensitive to sports injuries, particularly like head injuries. Like everybody is is very attuned about concussions. But I imagine even at the highest levels, which you've played at, um, and even now where like huge money is riding on your health, that thinking still persists, uh, at least to some degree. What, what, what do you think? Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, the, the competitive spirit of, of every athlete, you know, just sort of drives you um, to get on the field, whatever your sport is. Um, and, you know, sometimes your body, uh, you know, rightfully so is telling you, this isn't a good idea. Uh, you know, we're, we're not, we're not ready. We're not prepared. Um, you know, but, but that drive, uh, that mindset of, of every athlete, you know, sort of, sort of overrides that. And, and just like you said, um, you know, today's game is much, uh, the game when I played is much different than today's game, which is much different than, you know, when, uh, you know, guys playing in the seventies and, and, um, you know, again, going back to, um, you know, the teams, the two teams I played for, uh, that has, that has a real story history. And a lot of those, uh, you know, those players from those teams, uh, come back, um, and you get to interact with them and talk with them, you know, they can tell you what, uh, you know, what was very normal, uh, back then. And, and now we'd sort of cringe and, and, uh, you know, sort of, you know, you know, just, yes. you know, this is what, you know, like guys would, you know, guys would play with uh, broken legs and guys would play with broken arms and, and, uh, you know, really it's, you know, the, the mindset was uh, tape it up, chew on some aspirin and get out there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it, it, nothing was wrong with that. Uh, you know, that was just the time period. Um, and, and luckily we've gotten better for, uh, you know, the athletes now and the athletes, athletes that are coming down the line, uh, sports medicine uh, has obviously gotten better, uh, you know, but but also the mindset um, is is the most important part that has to change, you know, because, you know, just as, as you mentioned, um, you know, guys get injured and other guys step in and, you know, guys lose their their jobs. Um, you can ask uh, Tom Brady uh, with Drew Bledsoe as well as uh, Alex Smith and uh Colin Kaepernick, you know, because yeah. those those are two, uh, you know, guys that were doing well and they got hurt and uh, their backup came in and and never, never let loose of the reins, you know, after that. So, um, you know, it, it is on guys' minds and especially, you know, in the pro level, because it's, it's your, it's your livelihood. It's, it's how you, uh, you know, pay your bills. It's how you, uh, you know, put food on the table. It's how you get your, uh, send your kids to school. Uh, you know, so, so guys are, um, you know, willing to, to sacrifice their bodies to, to advance their, you know, their, their, um, their families, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, along that evolution you're speaking of is this thing called sports science, 
which is this evolving facet of sports medicine. Um, you know, Jim Merlo was telling us that when he entered the NFL, strength and conditioning were up to the individual player. There, there was no trainer. It was yeah. a few years into his career, the Saints hired a trainer, and that may have been the first one in the NFL, like ever. But but still, you know, after practice, he's going out with his teammates to uh, drink beer, eat pizza, yeah, and that, we, that was his diet. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard a funny story with uh, from Randy Cross with the the late Fred Dean, who forty uh, nine er grade who passed. Uh, Randy Cross tells a story about when he first met him in the San Francisco weight room, and Fred Dean was laying on the the bench smoking a cigarette. I, I would imagine that is absolutely not allowed <laughs> today. And, you know, now like the training is highly regimented. Every calorie is counted, uh, maybe more so if you're, you know, Tom Brady and you want to play till you're 70. Right. Um, but there's this meticulous attention to clean living, nutrition, training habits. W- what was your experience like during your era in the NFL? Um, you know, I, I think we were just starting to get into that sports science. Uh, you know, it wasn't as widespread. There were definitely guys that that had their own personal trainer. Um, I, I think when I was uh, in the NFL, it, um, having your own personal chef, uh, you know, was, was the norm, uh, you know, where they create foods for you that, uh, you know, were, were scientifically, uh, you know, allowed you to play at a high level. Um, you know, guys obviously trained at, uh, you know, facilities in the offseason, uh, you know, but, but I, I think we were just starting to get into that, like, you know, I have a, I have a trainer, I have a, you know, a person that, you know, does, um, you know, my, my food, I have, you know, like that was just getting started. Now it's, it's pretty commonplace, uh, you know, as well as you hear guys, you know, switching to, um, you know, plant-based diets. I think um, that is, that is now sort of the, the new rage, uh, you know, in sports, uh, sports science and, and getting, getting guys' bodies uh, ready to play. Um, so I, I, that's what I would say, in terms of, uh, you know, when I was playing, so where we were at in terms of that sports science that you were talking about. Yeah. Did, did it feel like it was too much? Like, it was like too much big brother watching over you telling you what to do or, <laughs> you know, it, it depended on the team. Uh, you, you did have, uh, so, so I'll say this, it depended on the team and it depended on the player, uh, and, yeah. and, and the, the cost of that player. Um, yeah. Okay. You, have, uh, <laughs> you know, if you have the, you know, the high, draft pick who you know still a little immature um he definitely had uh you know eyes on him and you know people were watching over him making sure doing make sure he's doing the right things um you know as you got to be older uh you know in your career you know you you knew how to be a a professional you knew how to sort of take take care of things on your own so you know the, the um you know coaching staff and and, and training staff and you know they just sort of let you alone at that at that point yeah Unless you yeah, see, I mean, kind of, kind of know the deal at that point, and yeah, uh, don't don't need your hand held as much. Yes, you have a life after football. Uh, you got a wife, you have a daughter, you have an MBA, you work in the banking sector. I, I think there's this perception from some in the public that you know, once a pro athlete retires, he or she just lives out the remainder of her days, you know, playing video games or investing in car dealerships or you know, doing color commentary. Um, but but that's not really the reality for most ex-ball players, is it? I mean, I, I retired when I was 32. Uh, I'm 42 now. Um, I admit it took me, you know, two or three years to sort of figure out what I really wanted to do. 
um, you know, you have to come to grips that you're, that's something that you've done for the majority of your life is over. Uh, you know, so you hear a lot of professional athletes talk about sort of transitioning to real life because, you know, live, playing, being a professional athlete uh, is not, it's not necessarily real life. I mean, there, there are some things that only I have experienced. And, you know, even, uh, you know, now that I, I think about it, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, nobody, nobody I know except my other teammates uh, have ever lived this life and have ever experienced this. So, you know, you have to figure out something to do, uh, you know, sort of on that tail end. And even if you have, uh, you know, more money than, than you can, you know, sort of deal with, um, you still sort of have to figure something out. And, and you see, you see a lot of guys stay within sports, um, you know, whether it's commentating, coaching, uh, you know, um, maybe even becoming agents, um, but you also see, or, you know, don't see as much, um, but they're there, uh, you know, people that go into, um, you know, they, they start their own businesses, uh, whether that's, um, you know, I got, I know a guy that, that started a trucking business, uh, you know, you got have guys who want to be entrepreneurs and, and, uh, you know, invest in companies, um, you know, have guys that want to start, uh, you know, franchising, I know plenty of guys that have done that. Um, and, you know, then you have other guys, you know, like myself that, um, you know, just to sort of get into the workforce. And, uh, you know, I, I went back to get my MBA um, and um, that's what I decided to do, you know, so that there's, um, like I said, you have to find something to do. Uh, you can't just sit at home and play video yeah. games. Yeah. you put on weight and <laughs> it's just not a good life i you know I, I, for for a couple months uh you know just trying to figure out what i wanted to do like i said and uh you know finally i was i was like you know what this is what i want to do i want to go back to school and then you know after i did that i had to sort of figure it out uh after then so um you know yeah there is as they say a life after football with covid you're probably not in the office much if at all right now but what was it like before COVID? Like, do all your coworkers know that you're an NFL retiree or do they just think like Langston is a really smart giant? <laughs> uh, so, um, no, uh, you know, not a lot of my coworkers knew my immediate, you know, obviously uh, the, the people in my department, you know, knew, but I wouldn't talk about it that much. Sure. Um, you know, so they, you know, I, I get, you know, the inevitable question here and there. Um, <laughs> and then I, I think the word started to get out uh, after a while. And, you know, um, I, you know, people would just, you know, see me and, you know, they'd ask, you know, questions like, oh, I didn't, you know, I, I heard and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. I, I, I can't hide being, uh, you know, six, eight, you know, 300 plus pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I stand out, you know, what can I say? Yeah. Um, but on the other end of my email, you have no idea, you know, and yeah. sort of how I, I, uh, I like it, um, sure. you know, but um, it, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, it, it's challenging. Uh, I, I enjoy challenging myself and I, you know, and, and that's what I've, I've done by, uh, you know, sort of just absolutely, you know, sort of switching up my, my whole career. Yeah. Um like we talked at the top of the show, you and I are both from Oakland. Uh, you know, it, it felt like the, the Warriors move across the Bay was inevitable. Uh, we've now seen the Raiders uh, leave Oakland twice. Um, what impact do you think this is, is going to have on the city? Like, how does it make you feel? What, what do you think the future is for, for Oakland? And, and, and hopefully they, they can keep the A's. Yeah. 
you know, the, the, the A's, uh, I, I believe, uh, passed a pretty big hurdle to build their stadium uh, down uh, on the waterfront, which I've seen some of the models of it, and it looks it looks really good. Um, I, I, I hope that the city has sort of learned their lesson. Uh, you, you know, you can't lose three teams like that. And it's, yeah. it's uh, admittedly, it's tough on the smaller cities to retain, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of teams. Uh, if, you, if you look at the NFL now, it's, it's pretty much, um, you know, the, the big teams. I mean, that, you know, or excuse me, the big cities, uh, you know, they, they, you know, you need the big arenas, you need, you know, sort of the, the luxury boxes. Um, and, you know, I think though, both of those moves are really inevitable after, you know, sort of the, the city couldn't, uh, you know, come up with a way to, um, you know, build new stadiums. It's, that's the business of sports, unfortunately. Sure. And, um, you know, it, it's sad to see, uh, you know, the Warriors, uh, you know, it's even worse because they wear the, the Oakland jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that they're playing good, a good 20 minutes, maybe an hour in traffic away from Oakland. Uh, right. You know, and same thing with, you know, you hear, I, I really, uh, you know, give it up to the um, announcers for, for so many years. You say Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders, and all of a sudden yeah. I have to say Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 while watching at least last season, uh, didn't hear too many sort of mess ups. So really, um, you know, hands head, uh, hats off to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough seeing you know your your the teams that you sort of grew up with uh, leave and um, you know. But but we still have days and uh, yeah. you know, it looks looks good you know for them. So uh, I guess it you know like I said, money talks. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the truth. Well, like I said, this has been great. I want to finish up with. Five questions with Langston Walker. Okay. Uh, you played on the 1993 Bishop O'Dowd freshman football team. Right. Who led that team in receptions? Oh, ooh. Anthony Yu. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that gives a big poppy. <laughs> with two, one for minus five yards. And the other, uh, it was actually the last game of the season. And then they just stopped putting a man on me completely. And so they finally threw it my way. You lulled them to sleep. <laughs> where, where do you find, where do you, I, I couldn't, I couldn't never remember that. Where would you find these stats? Right here in this brain. <laughs> did, did you have to look up, did one of those tapes that you uh, converted to digital? Yeah. I wrote <laughs> did, it in my diary. Did you have diary. to review all the film? I, I, I wrote it in my diary, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the ultimate sign of disrespect. They just took the cornerback completely off <laughs> the single wideout, <laughs> right? And that—that's that's what got me my 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 one pass for like a fifteen-yard gain or something like that. <laughs> you know, it was it was all about uh, it was all about the camaraderie and the team that's right. teamwork. You know? That's right. Hey, that was the first uh, and maybe only freshman football team that went undefeated in no doubt history. So uh, <laughs> that, that was that was a good time. Uh, okay, question number two: a little bit of cow trivia. Fill in the blank. You know it. You tell the story. You tell the whole damn world this is bear territory. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up loving Cal, Jason Kidd, the whole thing. They were great. I went to UCLA, but I still love Cal. That's um, okay. Okay. 
we all made yeah. bad decisions all, all the time. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Uh, okay, at least I didn't go to Stanford, right? Yes. Uh, you were probably you probably would have refused to do this if I went. I, okay, I, I give you the hometown discount. Okay. <laughs> all right. Question number three. You were drafted with the 53rd pick of the 2002 NFL draft by the Ravens, as we mentioned. Who originally owned that pick, and how did it end up in the Raiders' hands? Uh, I, that, that's too easy. It was, it was Tampa, uh, <laughs> that's right. and that's what they got when they traded, uh, when the Oakland Raiders traded uh, Gruden um, to Tampa, which is the that's first right. time I've ever heard of a coach getting traded. Absolutely. Man, money. Um, okay. Question number four. You and I both, both grew up as 49er fans. As mentioned, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, two of my all-time favorites. Is there any way that you and I can still make the argument that Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time? Is there any way? <laughs> I mean, rings are the thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think Tom Brady sort of has everybody in that category. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting to put their their uh, their passing stats yeah. up against each other. I read some stat that Tom Brady's percentage of going to a Super Bowl is higher than Steph Curry shooting a three pointer, which is like that's just doesn't even doesn't doesn't amazing. doesn't even make I mean, sense. Doesn't even like compute. He is making you know the goat argument. I, yeah. it's, it's hard to it's hard to you know especially yeah. after this past season it's it's hard exactly. to yeah. to sort of say uh, say otherwise. Joe Cool, you're still in my heart, though. Still in my yes. heart. <laughs> All right. Question number five. You and I both have three-year-old daughters. If your daughter is anything like mine, she's awesome 80% of the time. The other 20%, eh, you know, uh, it can get dicey. Yeah, I won't, I won't lie. So, right. And I won't lie that I rely on TV to help raise my children from time to time. What is your go-to TV show or movie to watch with your daughter? Peppa Pig. Hands Peppa down. Peppa Pig. Yeah. <laughs> love, love, love the English accent. You know, the only problem is, you know, when it does rain around here, she's, she's all about jumping in muddy puddles, is that right? uh, you know, which, which uh, doesn't always excite the wife, in, uh, especially I'm the one that does the laundry in the house. So, um, but yeah, You're to paying pay, for it. hands down. Yeah. All right. Langston, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it was great to catch up with you and I, I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. We're the Sports Medicine Orthopods, uh, Twitter, Sports Orthopods, and at email, sportsorthopods at gmail.com. Like I said, thanks again. Take care. Best of luck in the future. Mom and Dad, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you later.